Welcome to the Bible Breakdown. It's a black man and woman in America who no longer identify as believers. This show contains adult languages, themes, and isn't meant for children. As black people, we respect the history of the black church in America, but its current state is massively abusive and we think the Bible might be part of the problem. Listen and let us know what you think. Peace. Hey, welcome back to the Bible Breakdown. I'm Kat. And I'm T. Hey, T. Hello, Kat. Yeah, so you know what I was thinking about earlier? What? Because, um, you know, I'm a fan of history, and I was just thinking about, like, how good the Italians are at maintaining power and, like, holding up power structures. Like the uh, Medici's? Yes, the Medici's, um, the Borgias. Like, the fact that to this day... Are the Borgias Italian? I thought they were more, like... East European. Cesare Borgia. Those were the Italian? Big, yes. Because that's where the, the popes, like all of this stuff is coming out of Italy, Rome, the Vatican. Like, and even before they became that, they were the Roman, <coughs> they were the Roman Empire. So, like, they've oh, yeah, been very Italian. good at, like, you know, maintaining and um holding up these sort of hierarchical structures that people to this day still maintain without question it's almost impressive if it wasn't so um often harmful okay well so basically you don't like italians i didn't say that i'm actually lightweight impressed um the the fact that they've used narrative art um human psychology to keep these structures going like the fact I feel like that can especially in this day and age can come off as um racist acknowledging the fact that these are people say jews are good with money a lot of people are good with money though like that's just dumb what i can show is that because what you could say is that jewish people are very good at narrative structures because we're still to this day carrying out their literary traditions and their um not even literary because a lot of it was just um uh oral traditions but like just because we study a culture and learn things about it and can be like oh i've drawn this conclusion doesn't mean it's racist it's just because a lot of the systems we've grown up in america when we do study other cultures it is looked down upon because it's like different and we know that the European Western standard is the gold standard and everybody else is just meh. But if you actually look at everybody as a, you know, like relatively equal, we're all human beings. Like just because I'm studying their art, studying their history and noticing things about it doesn't mean like, oh, now you're racist. It's like, yeah, Italian art looks different than Japanese art. Racist. Yeah, but I, okay, and I, this is not where you're going with this, but I have a total sidebar. Um, one of the things I dislike about controlling the narrative, if you will, is that it disrespects, in a way, other cultures, because we've become so used to Eurocentric, like, ways of living, if you will, that it has, I think, disregarded other things for instance brought up italian art and i think italian art is great actually i have the same birthday as leonardo da vinci and um you know he's just one of my favorite inventors i think his story is great but you know um 
people look at like something like a Mona Lisa or look at like things like that and think that's the standard where and then when you bring in <laughs> I'm about to have a wild take in a second when you bring in um you know like African art people think oh that's ugly or bring in Japanese art it's not as prestigious but I don't think we give fair assessments sometimes because we've been so trained to think like those ways are right with that being said I was I want to say real quick strong agree oh okay great with that being said I was on Twitter and this happens probably somebody actually tweeted this hap- they do this like every a couple times a year uh <laughs> one of my favorite porn stars Sarah J she is constant she the one who fucks black guys yeah she doesn't look that great According to some people, but I wish like, you could see T's face. Be like, yeah. But she, she is very. She has a lot of enthusiasm. I, I, I know about her from the Jesus and Mero podcast. Okay, fucking phenomenal. She's a fucking legend. People got to stop coming for her. But uh, this one, this this particular woman, black woman, just randomly tweeted something and was like, "Niggas really be liking Sarah J." Like just uh, basically something like that and so somebody went to this lady's profile seen what she looked like and was like you got some motherfucking nerve and like and the woman beauty is subjective for the most part but she also didn't look that great either so it's just like i say all that to say it became this thing of y'all putting this white woman on a pedestal to bring a black woman down or vice versa. And it just, I don't know what you just said reminded me of that in the sense of just like, (sighs) we've had this standard for a long time. And then, you know, if you question the standard, you go against it. Some people are going to feel a different way, but if you seem like you're upholding the standard, then other people feel offended. So. Oh yeah. People are always going to be offended. I'm not worried about those people. Um, I do take your point though about like sort of um the art history. I I had that frustration when I was going to school for art and taking art history class, and it was so Eurocentric. Like every week was broken down by different ages throughout Europe, and then we did one week where we did African and Asian art, which is the majority of the art on the planet. And I was like. I had no, I was so young back then, I had no way to express like my frustration. But looking back now, I understand it's like, yeah, I'm far more. And and to me, because I've been learning about European art my whole life, I was yearning to learn about other art forms and things like that. So, yeah, I, I always get into arguments with people about the concept of cultural appropriation, because I think sometimes even when people who call themselves defending, um, like let's say marginalized cultures and saying hey you're appropriating their culture it's not all you remember when uh what's her name adele had on that jamaican stuff and everybody got all mad at her except the jamaicans yeah. i wasn't mad at her either huh i wasn't mad at her mad, what's there to be mad about i mean well i was just mad in the sense of like maybe like fashion and taste i don't think it was like tasteful but that's i don't care like she doesn't have to live up to my taste standards i didn't think um because she had cornrows and she's white no she had cornrows she had bantu knots but um 
I just think that I've seen Adele in a lot of different looks and that wasn't her best one. I'll just put it that way. Like, I think she could have, if, if it was up to me to style her and she was going to like a Jamaican festival, I would have styled her differently. I thought it looked too costumey. Yeah, ask any Adele out here looking like Sarah J. Anyway. I was, I was here for But it. like I said, I wasn't mad like, oh, Adele, you're, ah, I hate you. I mean, it's like, that was dumb. Oh, but wait, I was just going to say because a lot of times what we do is we're like trying to, Let's say, for instance, when my daughter started playing the viola, no one said you're appropriating European culture because that's just seen as classical music. So, yeah, those are that's pretty much why I feel weird about it, because it's like basically everything. No one's appropriating European culture because it's seen as the gold standard and everything else is like an aberration. And so if you do that, then it's outside the norm. So I think that there's a respectful way for us to learn about and experience each other's cultures without pretending like everyone is exactly the same. Like it's it doesn't have to we don't I think it's because in our minds still we think different is bad. And that's not the case. Like, we yeah, have I don't a lot to learn from each other. Different is bad. I don't think you should operate like that. But according to the Bible, you should murder those people. But I will <laughs> say, those people are not I worshiping like the right God. An opposing view, because I think before, I mean, you had a personal conversation about how do you feel about when people wear um, Native American headdresses and things like that. And I believe, if I recall, you said you shouldn't do that. Because they've asked us not to. Okay, I did, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, like that's a part of just being a part of the conversation. It's not yeah, us. It's not us Adele. deciding for them. Like you know, that was the same thing. Like we decided for Jamaicans that Adele had offended them. Where Jake, Jamaicans were like, that looks lit as hell. And so it's okay, the same so thing. So I don't think we should tell them that they should be offended, and I don't think we should tell Native Americans they shouldn't be offended. No, I agree. I just want to know. But then it's like we get into this weird, like has native americans as a whole asked or was it just like a few people or same thing with jamaicans like it's like because no one's a monolith but i feel like for the because like i said just for just like not there are plenty of black people who are fine with white people saying uh the n-word i'm not exactly so i think it's best to err on the side of the group that's saying hey don't do that and for the people who are cool with it good for them and I've, the same thing for the Native Americans with the headdress. Like, if to me, I've heard enough of them say that that shit's not cool. That I'm like, I don't think that shit's cool. If they don't, it, just because they enough of them don't like it. Okay, I I mean, yeah, I agree. But I think that it's like they took the time to say it. Or- yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like when when a black issue comes out, and Jesse Jackson or Al Sharpton get out there and start talking. I'm like, this nigga not speaking for me. So like, I don't. I don't know. I just feel like sometimes we can get into a weird space of just like, as a culture, are we operating as a monolith or not? Yeah, it's not perfect, but I think a lot of times it just comes down to politeness. Like, what is the polite thing to do? And because politeness, manners, um, some people call it being like woke or, you know, um, you know, trying to be politically correct. But sometimes it's just being polite. Like manners were put in place because it makes life better. Like, I think it's better to be considerate of each other. We're So I'm going to go ahead and, like, read the Bible because that's technically what we're here for. Oh, yeah. We're Do reading the last time? Oh, I'm, you're right. Thank you. So last time, we're um, everybody, uh, just let everyone know we're reading the new Revised Standard Version of the Bible. Um, last week, we talked about it was just really a lot of dividing land and tribe naming and who gets what, who killed who. Um, 
We had uh, Balaam's ass pop back up. I feel like that doesn't get talked about enough that there's a talking donkey in the Bible. Um, You're so fascinated with this fucking talking donkey. I don't understand. It's kind of funny. And um, uh, Caleb said like, hey, Moses promised me some land. I deserve it. Um, There's some pesky people living on it. If anybody wipes them out, you can have sex with my daughter. So, um, and then she demanded some land. Um, so yeah, to me, it is pretty much, I, I get why this is a popular theology amongst Americans, because it is about taking land from people who are already there. Okay. In that sense, I guess. Got family guns. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the guns help get those pesky people off the land. Yeah. Unfortunately for our native Americans. Okay. So yeah, do you know anything about like Native American spiritual practices? I feel like a lot of them are much better than Christianity. No, not really, but I mean just just from what I've like roughly observed, it seems to be similar to some of the things I've seen with African spiritual practices in which like we're so um how best can I put it? Like we look at the earth and people like we are one in the same, like we, we reciprocate each other. Um, I hope I'm explaining that well. So it's like, you know, it, it's not about this capitalistic mentality. It's about that domination. Yeah, domination. Like we dominate the or earth and the animals. Yeah. It's not like, or this hierarchy. It's like, you know, you respect what you kill. You don't waste all these type of things. I think that it's very similar in that. And I think somewhere along the line, white eurocentric um mentalities just said fuck all that and maybe that's because you know from the places that they seem to have navigated to and come from they didn't have a lot of you know uh tree no that's not true for europe got a lot of force it's just they were more concerned about yeah but the but the the climate is different like different versus being very like open land and and warm if you will it's like northern europe is of course northern i mean europe's a large place so there's a lot of different like ecosystems to be sure but i I mean that that's a whole nother conversation as to why like certain cultural ethos whatever whatever but for now we're just gonna read joshua 16 and see what the lord has to say the territory of Ephraim. The allotment of the Josephites. Josephites went from the Jordan by Jericho, east of the waters of Jericho, into the wilderness, going up from Jericho into the hill country to Bethel. Then going from Bethel to Lutz, it passed along Adaroth, the territory of the Archites. Then it goes down westward to the territory of the Japhites, as far as the territory of Lower Beth Horon, then to Gezer, and it ends to the sea. The Josephites, Manasseh, and Ephraim received their inheritance territory of Ephraimites by their families was as follows. The boundary of their inheritance on the east was at Aroth Adder as far as up for Beth Horon. And the boundary goes from there to the sea. On the north is Mikmeth Ath. Then on the east boundary makes a turn towards Ta'an Nath Shilho and passes along beyond it on the east of the 
Genoa. Then it goes down from Genoa to Adaroth to Neira and touches Jericho, ending at the Jordan. From Tapuf to the boundary goes westward to Wadi Ka'an and ends at the sea. Such is the inheritance of the tribe of the Ephraimites by their families together with the towns that were set apart for the Ephraimites within the inheritance of the Manassites, all those towns with their villages. They did not, however, drive out the Canaanites who lived in Gezer. So the Canaanites have lived within Ephraim to this day, but have been made to do forced labor. Yay. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and jump into the next chapter. I don't really have anything for that. Oh, I want to say something. Okay. Um, Because once again, we have forced labor. I feel like that should be mentioned every time it's in the Bible because the Bible has no problem with slavery. Um, And also, it's funny to me, too, because I was talking to a family member who said like they're trying to get more into their spiritual life and they're reading the Bible. And I was like, oh, are you just like starting and going all the way through? And they're like, no, they're doing like a guided one, like on an app. And that's always very funny to me, too, because I feel like all that stuff is for one to be like, oh, you can go through the Bible in like a year. But they do have you leave stuff out. Like, I think people intentionally try to leave like these parts of the Bible out. Well, I guess I can just address what I was going to address now. Um, Yeah, I don't. So, again, I've said this multiple times. I feel like people think what they're getting from the Bible and essentially what they're getting from church is this kind of self-help motivational speech motivation coach type thing or life coach type thing and i think whereas elements of that are good and i think it it, it does help us get through this uh, some of the hardships in life i think that it's dangerous as you just said to kind of have this guided way to go through the reading because you're essentially only getting what people want to give you and and what we've done on this podcast has we're taking this as a literal sense because people have said this is the literal word of God. So we come and read it. And literally what has happened is constant um, overthrowing of different cultures, people being killed, different sacrifice, uh, rape, you know, proper women being property forced labor, incest, ex- incest, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just like, when you read that from a literal sense, it becomes, I think, a very problematic. And and so I have found over and over again, it's very hard to have these conversations with people, not for my own, but because they choose to be like, oh, well, you're just interpreting it wrong. But like, no, I'm not. Like, I'm reading literally what is there. This isn't, you know, some... And in American history, it really throughout most of your, like christian history most people couldn't read like that was intentional people were not supposed to read the bible that was really only for the priest class right and so it just it continues to be bothersome for me um but again i've come to this place in life where i totally recognize like what people are actually seeking when they go to church and it's like they want to this the sense of everything's going to be okay they want this sense of community they want this sense of identity whereas like we are working together um my partner uh and i constantly had debates on this because i would critique some things and she had let me know that since she is a believer she was she felt offended she felt disrespected by some of the things i would talk about because at her church she felt like when she goes to church her her church and this could be true i don't know i've never been to her church but um 
she felt like her pastor and her church, they are actively in the community. They're doing things. They just built, you know, uh, a few different um, additions to the church or within the community so people can go and get some resources that help make their life better. And I think those, I think those churches certainly do exist. And I, I welcome that type of mentality in the sense of, I think we do need to make the world better. We do need to be interpersonal within our community and things like that. What I don't, but I think we can do all that and still separate ourselves from this book in this, in this totality. I think we can do that because there are several other books that I've read where I've come to this sense of peace and mindfulness um, without reading the Bible you know, so I I think as Kat has argued before, like we we don't need to get our values and morals particularly from the Bible. But a lot of people like to relate. They're like, oh, I, I do this because you know that's what the Bible says. But again, the problem becomes where we're we're not differentiating. We're not we're not being able to look at the Bible and be like, oh yeah, we'll use this, but we won't do this because everyone again, everybody interprets it differently. And then we're all just not staying consistent on it because people will say, oh, well that's the Old Testament. But then a lot of the gay things is still in the Old Testament. So then if we look at, you know, disrespecting gay people is still okay, but that was in the Old Testament. Shouldn't we have moved past that? So these are just things I think about often. Um yeah, I was going to kind of save that until after I got done with my reading, but that's just kind of where I'm at with it. So, I again, I believe that I think we're all seeking to, most of us are seeking to have, you know, a strong community and work together. And, you know, we all kind of just want to make sure we're taken care of and we don't really want to disrespect other people. I think we all kind of want the same things. I just am not convinced that that truth, those things are only directly through Christianity and the Bible. This is my take on it. Strong agree. Okay. So moving on. Um, Joshua 17, the other half tribe of Manasseh West. Then allotment was made to the tribe of Manasseh, for he was the firstborn of Joseph, to Makir, the firstborn of Manasseh, the father of Gilead, were allotted Gilead and Bashan, because he was a warrior, and allotments were made to the rest of the tribe of Manasseh by their families. Uh, Abizir, Helic, Ashriel, Shechem, Heper, and Shemitah. These were the male descendants of Manasseh, son of Joseph, by their families. Now, Zelophehad, son of Heper, son of Gilead, son of Macher, son of Manasseh, had no sons, but only daughters. And these are the names of his daughters. Mala, Noah, Magla, Milka, and Terza. They came before the priest Eleazar and Joshua, son of Nun, and the leaders and said, The Lord commanded Moses to give us an inheritance along with our male kin. So according to the commandment of the Lord, he gave them an inheritance among the kinsmen of their father. Thus there were thus there fell to Manasseh ten portions, besides the land of Gilead and Bashan, which is on the other side of the Jordan. Because the daughters of Manasseh received an inheritance along with his sons, the land of Gilead was allotted to the rest of the Manasites. The territory of Manasseh reached from Asher to Mikmethath, which is set, which is east of Shechem. Then the boundary goes along southward to the inhabitants of Entapa, the land of Tapua. 
belonged to Manasseh and the land of Tapua on the boundary of Manasseh belonged to the Ephraimites. Ephraim, Ephraimites. Then the boundary went down to Wadi Kana. The towns here to the south of the Wadi among the towns of Manasseh belonged to Ephraim. Then the boundary of Manasseh goes along the north side of the Wadi and ends at the sea. The land of the south is Ephraim and that to the north is Manasseh with the sea forming its boundary on the north Asher on the north Asher's reach and on the east Issachar. Within Issachar and Asher, Manasseh had Bethshin and its villages, Iblim and its villages, the inhabitants of Dor and its villages, the inhabitants of Endor, uh, not Star Wars, and its villages, the inhabitants of Tanakh and its villages, the inhabitants of Megiddo and its villages. Third is Naphoth. Yet the Manasites could take could not take possession of those towns, but the Canaanites continued to live in that land. But when the Israelites grew strong, they put the Canaanites to forced labor, but did not utterly drive them out. The tribe of Joseph protests. The tribe of Joseph spoke to Joshua, saying, Why have you given me but not lot but one lot and one portion as an inheritance? Since we are a numerous people whom all along the Lord has blessed. And Joshua said to them, if you are a numerous people, go up to the forest and clear ground there for yourselves in the land of the Perizzites and the Rephraim. Since the hill country of Ephraim, Ephraim is too narrow for you. The tribe of Joseph said the hill country is not enough for us. Yet all the Canaanites who live in the plain have chariots of iron, both those in Beth Sheen and its villages and those in the valley of Jezreel. Then Joshua said to the house of Joseph, to Ephraim, to Ephraim and Manasseh, you are indeed a numerous people and have great power. You shall not have one lot only, but the hill country shall be yours. For though, for though it is a forest, you shall clear it and possess it to, the farther, to its farthest borders. For you shall drive out the Canaanites, though they have chariots of iron, though they are strong. Amen. Thanks be to God. Neato. So, <laughs> um, it was. I so mean, some drama it's, going on. I mean, there's always drama. Some people are not happy with they uh their their cut of the profits. Yeah, it's like you were in on the heist. You just don't like your cut. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what's going on. So yeah. Um. Once again, I strongly believe, just as Christians strongly believe, I strongly believe that the God of the universe was not talking to this nomadic desert tribe. I really believe that if this was in any way a true story, like with most warlords, they claim to have an end with God and promise you'll be cool if you just do what they say. Hmm. And we're still going with it to this day because everybody wants to be on top. Everybody wants to be on top. And I think people are afraid to also admit that they're wrong um, or even just. To admit that they it's the possibility they could be wrong, because that's the thing, too, like the, the at least the church I grew up in. That's, all, you know, all I'm going to speak for is that it was you. You're not allowed to even question this. They say you are, but you're not. 
because they always have that in there that if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, you could lose your salvation. Like, so it's this idea that that you're, yeah, you're not allowed to question this. Like in your mind that you are told that's the devil, like that's the devil tempting you. And that's to me, what's so pernicious about this is that you're not allowed, you're not really allowed to ask questions. You're, you're told you are, but if you ask real questions and aren't satisfied with the answers, then that's just the enemy. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. All of that, actually. Um, Woo-hoo! I don't find it to again be helpful to to just double down on that stuff. I think we should have. I think we should ask questions. We should challenge each other to have a growth mindset, and it's okay to be wrong. And I think it's going to take in order to combat a lot of these teachings. I think it's going to take people to go out there and be like, "Look, I could be wrong." But you have to be humble. But the, I think the problem come that comes from like admitting those things is like people want sure answers. People want mm-hmm. somebody they to want be confident. confident. And yeah. it's just like act when, like you got answers. When you admit, when you humble yourself, this is, this is the paradox. Because when you humble yourself, like I don't know, then they want. I've heard this. Captain I've heard confident. this from like women that I've dated. Like when you seem unsure about something, it makes them look at you like lack of a good leader because you're supposed to be a leader apparently as a man so like well you're god's avatar on this earth (laughs) okay but so it makes them you know question your leadership like you're not a good leader because you're like i don't know i don't know how i'm gonna do this i'm gonna you know but if you're like we're gonna do this this and this and if it doesn't work out then you can just be like yeah and you can just kind of skate over and you don't have to take any accountability and i think that becomes a problem as well so i had this pet hypothesis that the reason why Trump is so popular with evangelicals is because he acts like the Christian God. Like he acts like uh, he does. He's a toxic narcissist who's confident and never admits fault and everything's everybody else's fault and doesn't like foreigners and is really violent and sexist and like all of these things that if you if you actually read this and study the character of the Christian God, it is giving, you know, abuse and narcissism. If you if oh, you're I got taking called it out about that too, you what I got called out on this podcast because we said that you know God, the way it's been conveyed so far is, is abusive, is manipulative, and I got called out about like who are you to say God is these illiterate uppity Negro. Apparently, <laughs> that's why they didn't want us to read. We get too uppity. All right, Joshua eighteen: the territories of the remaining tribes. Then the whole congregation of the Israelites assembled at Shiloh, Shiloh, and set up the tent of meeting there. The land lay subdued before them. There remained along the Israelites seven tribes whose inheritance had not yet been apportioned. So Joshua said to the Israelites. How long will you be slack about going in and taking the possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has given you? Provide three men from each tribe, and I will send them out that they may begin to go throughout the land, writing a description of it with a view of their inheritances. Then come back to me. They shall divide it into seven portions, Judah continuing in its territory on the south, and the house of Joseph in their territory on the north. You shall describe the land in seven divisions and bring the description here to me, and I will cast lots for you here before the Lord our God. The Levites have no portion among you, for the priesthood of the Lord is their inheritance, is their heritage. And Gad and Reuben and the half-tribe of Manasseh have received their inheritance beyond Jordan eastward with <clears throat> beyond 
the Jordan eastward, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave them. So the men started on their way, and Joshua charged those who went to write the description of the land, saying, Go throughout the land and write a description of it, and come back to me, and I will cast lots for you here before the Lord in Shiloh. So the men went out. So the men went and traversed the land and sat down in a book, a description of it by towns and seven divisions then came back to Joshua in the camp of Shiloh and Joshua cast lots for them in Shiloh before the Lord and there Joshua portioned the land to the Israelites to each a portion the territory of Benjamin the lot of the tribe of Benjamin according to its families came up and the territory allotted to it fell between the tribe of Judah and the tribe of Joseph on the north side of their boundary began at the Jordan and then then the boundary goes up to the slope of Jericho on the north then up through the hill country westward and it ends at the wilderness of Beth Avon from there the boundary passes along southward in the direction of the Lut in the direction of Lutz to the slope of Lutz that is Bethel then the boundary goes down to Athroth Adder on the mountain that lies south of lower Beth Horon then the boundary goes in another direction turning on the western side southward from the mountain that lies on the south opposite Beth Horon and it ends at Kiriath Baal that is Kiriath Jerim a town belonging to the tribe of Judah this forms the western side the southern side begins at the outskirts of Kiriath Jerim and the boundary goes from there to Ephraim to the springs to the spring of the waters of Nephtoa, then the boundary goes down to the border of the mountain that looks, oh, that overlooks the valley of the son of Hinnom, which is at the north end of the, of Rephim, and it goes down the valley of Hinnom south to the slope of Jebusites and downward to Engrogo. Then it bends in a northerly direction, going on to in Shemesh, and from there goes to Kiliath, which is opposite the ascent of Aduam. Then it goes down to the stone of Boath, Reuben's son. And passing on to the north of the slope of Beth Arabah, it goes down to the Arabah. Then the boundary passes on to the north of the slope of Beth Hagla. And the boundary ends at the north bay of the Dead Sea at the south end of the Jordan. This is the southern border. The Jordan forms its boundary on the eastern side. This is the inheritance of the tribe of Benjamin according to its family's boundary by boundary all around. Now the towns of the tribe of Benjamin according to their families were Jericho, Beth Holgoth, Emek, Keziz, Beth Arabath, Zimarim, Bethel, Avvim, <laughs> Avvim, Parath, Oprah, Sher, Amoroni, Alphni, and Geba. Huh? Opni. Opni and Geba, 12 oh, towns. Okay, I do see Oprah. Oh, Oprah. Oprah, <laughs> never mind. Right. 12 towns with their villages Gibeon, Ramath, Birath, Mizpath, Shephira, Mozath, Rechem, Irpil, Tarla, Zela, Hail, Lef, Jael, Jebus, that is Jerusalem, Jivia, and Kiriath, Jerem. 14 towns with their villages. This is the inheritance of the tribe of Benjamin according to its families. <sighs> I think when it has the I-M, it's supposed to be I-M. Yeah, I'm not doing a lot of this so right. So it's like Jeraim. Jeraim. I a. think. I could be wrong. I just, I think, because this has a lot of interplay with like Judaism, right? 
So I think this is Judaism. Yeah, so I think it is like I can't say Zem- this enough. Christianity, yeah, Christianity like, totally ripped off Judaism. Yeah, I think it's like uh, which some would argue was also ripped off by paganism, but whatever. Well, it's all paganism. Like that's just paganism is a word the Catholic Church came up with for the stuff that's not them. Which I don't know. That just it, it infuriates me that Let's hear it's this like infuriation. the winter solstice is just Christmas. And like people fail to acknowledge that people actively to this day believe Jesus was born on Christmas. There's been proof that he probably wasn't even born around this time, if he was even a real person, which I actually do believe Jesus was real. I just don't think that he was. I think the you way he, think was he was documented. Magic? Huh? You don't think he was magic? Yeah, I don't think I don't I don't think that I think it was real. He probably was, a you know, somebody who was kind of like a, a prophet or a modern day influencer. And then like, you know, he was killed. Um, and or and here's another thing. He might not have been killed. People were bad at pronouncing people dead. He might have just been really fucked up. This is also that, you know, so it's just like a lot of the things I'm just like, yeah, he could have just got his ass whooped. And then like they and thought he was mind, dead. He was murdered with two other people that same day. Like getting crucified wasn't special back then. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's just so many variables. And I just it just what you know, what really bothers me about all this is like we have moved away. People say they they want. I believe I brought this up on the podcast last time. People say they want honesty. Um, oh, I'm sorry. People say they want truth, but in reality, when they're presented with the truth, because truth is factual. So when they're presented with that, they still deny that. So they want this illusion of truth or they want somebody to be honest, but they don't necessarily want truth. And so it bothers me because we've been presented with facts over and over again that, hey, you know, Christmas is not actually when Jesus was born or Christmas is actually, you know, the winter solstice. This is actually this, but people don't care. And it's kind of like, I mean, you see it often, even on the internet now, it's like the, the lie is always much more interesting than the truth. And it's just, people will run with that. It's funny. Cause I want to piggyback on that because I feel the same way about astrology. Like if you bring up facts about how astrology isn't real, people reject it. And like, astronomy is real that's how we get our phones to work and i think it's intentional because we'd rather people learn about a falsehood because you're empowered when you learn about the truth and that's why we go back and forth. i have this disagreement with almost everyone in my life about how astrology bothers me first and foremost because it's not true and so many people believe it's like a real thing and secondly because it's a distraction because it keeps you from learning about the actual mechanics of the universe and the, what the actual sun moon and stars are actually doing out there they're not there to predict our futures they have nothing to do with us but not nothing to do with this let's put it because we are we're all part of the universe but if you present people with hey this is why this isn't true they'll it's the same thing they'll meet you at well i like believing in this though you know like that's pretty much what it comes down to so when you meet people with facts no people don't care about facts people don't again everybody's searching Oh, oh, this is the other thing, too, because you can use astronomy to escape slavery. That's what slaves did. You can't use astrology to escape slavery. But if you understand star positions and like really study the mechanics of the universe and because that's something that was interesting to me in a lot of uh, oppressive communities, they want to make sure you don't learn about 
cosmology and astrology because you can use it to escape. I was just going to say people, but I get it. Like life is hard and, and having this veil or blanket of protection kind of just makes us feel better about our lives because it is difficult to. Oh yeah, for sure. I can acknowledge that. Difficult to, to go in the world and feel like, oh, if I die, like I just die and that's it. And I've had a conversation, I've had many conversations with people about that because people are like, so you don't believe in heaven or hell? And it's like, no, not really. But it's not like I don't want to, though. It's just like, fam, there, there's been no evidence to show that. Yeah, I just, I just, but I get it. Again, it's, 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 it's more comforting for us. And people, I think there is a threshold of comfortability in the human experience. I think you can't always have so much uncomfortableness, if that's a word, in the sense of like. I think the word's discomfort. Discomfort, thank you. Um, thank you for the correction. I think we should also do that when we are presented with, you know, something when we were wrong. We also asked for one too, so it's easy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, discomfort. So I don't, I don't, I, I just, I think there's a threshold there. I think that we can't be presented with so much discomfort all the time that. Because it's exhausting and you want some sense of relief. That's why we have, you know, alcohol and sex and all these other things. Like you have to have those breaks. But I I think when we become too comfortable, we become too coddled, then we become stupid and we become, you know, lazy and we don't like, you know, you then you become too dependent on external factors. Whereas like back in the day, like that's why. And this all these things are interconnected i believe but Strong that's why agree. we have like and this is not a shot to anybody but like in america specifically we have like a lot of obesity and it's because you can just go to the store you can take the money to go to the store you can purchase what you want you can go to mcdonald's or whatever but you don't have to actually go out and kill your own meal you don't have to come together as a community and go out and hunt and so therefore we've gotten very lazy and like i don't even know how to do things so me growing up i questioned a lot like i'm a fucking man because i don't even know how to fix a car i feel like i could kill a chicken i don't have a i mean i could i could i could do it but it's not something i regularly have to do and so there's a there is a sense of danger there as well but so i think there is a threshold point i'm making over all this though is like i think a lot of what we're learning here Whereas people think this is helpful. I think there, I absolutely think there are elements of this that can be helpful. I do not think this is the source we should directly look at to find that relief and that peace in life. That is what I'm trying to say. Strong agree. Um, I think we are, unfortunately, um, because we are so (laughs) susceptible to branding, and this has been branded into us for the past 2000 years, it is going to be very difficult to shake the religion habit. But I think it's possible, or at least we can, because if nothing else, we know there can be uh, religious reformations. And we've seen it kind of slowly happen because I feel like there are a lot of people, it's so funny to me too, because I have like um, um, like non-hetero relatives 
who are still really attached to church, though. Because to me, if I were not heterosexual, I'm and I would. There's no way I would mess. I mean, I already don't mess with the church, but like especially doubly because there it's just so f you all the time. Like we're willing to make laws and spend monies to make sure that you non breeders, and that's what's crazy too. A lot of times they still breed because that's the whole name of the game. I feel all of this springs out a lot of these rules. Um, that we're reading about are kind of sprung out of um, sort of sexual anxiety. So for one, keeping women in check and making sure they're constantly reproducing. And then also, you know, back in these days, there was no way for, not that there was no way, but just generally gay people didn't reproduce. So, you know, they're not seen as useful because we need constant reproduction because we're constantly losing people, especially because we're constantly fighting wars. So, like, to me, we're finally at a point in the culture where I don't think we need more people. So, like, this idea of, like, we're only here to reproduce, we're only here to reproduce. Like, no, I don't think that's the only, and the whole, and like I said, I think we make our own reason for being. Like, I don't need, like, this ancient desert god telling me what my purpose is. Because it already told me, my purpose is to be battle fodder and, like, um, I'm just a reproductive vessel. Yeah. I think. A lot of what you said is fantastic, and I couldn't agree more. Um, it's interesting that you said that because it just made me go down this stream of consciousness of, like, it, it probably did start with people just feeling like, hey, we have to have people around for this or that. And if we – and gayness is something we're against because – they couldn't naturally reproduce back then. And so with that being said, it's like, oh, well, let's critique what is it about being gay to kind of double down on the fact that they're not contributing to the humanity um, in our community. Our propagation. Yeah. Pro- yeah. Okay. So, and then it just kind of has been ran with ever since because now you don't even hear about that. All you hear about is how disgusting it is, you know, allegedly. So, it's just like or they try to conflate them with pedophiles i feel like that's done a lot like the fact that like a homosexual say homosexuality is automatically like you're a pedophile but it's like um that's not true like there's all kinds of pedophiles so like that the the idea that especially and to hear that coming from the catholic church like throwing a pedophilia stone is bold as hell like y'all I mean y'all the main ones like I know Brennan has this really funny joke about how like he's like um he's like yeah I went to Catholic school he's like most people's question is uh was I uh molested he's like that's always a sign of a classy organization like when that's the first people and he was like no I wasn't molested he was like I fucked some priests but I wasn't molested He's a funny guy. But yes, that's that's to me. Um, and to me, that's what a lot of abusers do. They they point at they're like, I'm not abusive. That's the, those are the abusers. And it's like, nah, it's you. I don't know. I've said I think I've said enough today. Um, I came ready to pod. Okay, you did. You, we came like it was it was great. This is a great episode. Um, do you want to tell the people what they have to look forward to next week? Yeah, so we're still rolling with Joshua through the desert uh, from Joshua 19 through 21. We'll be getting into, oh, before I say that, actually, a lot of this has seemingly been broken up into, like, you. Th- most people, I think, when they think of Bible, they think of lesson. They think of value. A lot of what we've gotten is really just fucking zoning. 
Like they've just <laughs> fucking given us. Like I, I think okay, we're this, that's pretty much everything. How many we've been books are today we in now? Let me see. Of Joshua or just, the, no, 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 just the, the Bible, six, maybe. Yeah, something like no. We got. I think we're more than that. I'm trying to find. Oh, trying there's to been Exodus, Leviticus. Okay, Genesis, numbers. Exodus, Leviticus, number Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy six. All right, yeah, you were on the money. Woo-hoo! Okay, so what that said, if we've read, we've read through six books. Fuck, man! Like at least thirty to forty percent of this has been just zoning. It's just either it, it's been zoning. Maybe another ten to twenty percent has been killing babies. That I was gonna say another ten to twenty percent has been like what God has wanted, like sacrifice or um yeah, what specific together, organs? Yeah, the ornaments, the tabernacle, tabernacle decoration, all the types of like and another clothes huh? and the, the priest vestments. Yeah, like another ten to twenty percent has been that. So it's like we haven't really gotten much. Uh, to be fair, uh, you're you're just throwing numbers out there. This isn't this real isn't numbers. exact. That I'm, was I'm, just, yeah, in, just throwing yeah, numbers out there. I'm just I just want to. But I'm saying, like, from what I can recall, we haven't really gotten a lot of like. You should do this. value. You, you do should this. do this yeah. because of this. There definitely hasn't been anything about not raping. So, <laughs> this is another reason where it's just like this is a fucking blueprint. This is this is, and I mean blueprint in the sense of like, this is how you split up a community, or this is how you like. But it's not how do this is definitely how you warlord interact with my neighbor better or become. Well, there was that one thing about if you see your neighbor's cow, you should take it back. That yeah, but those nice. are so far and few between. Now. Yeah. And it's just like <laughs> part of the reason that I become even more critical with this is because I rarely feel like I leave any of these sessions feeling like, oh, that was actually something very profound. That's why I was asking you. I'm like, so what do you think you learned from the Bible today? You're like, nothing. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think I have. Like, it, it, it has given me very little in our time over the last two years of just reading this. It's been giving me very little. And so when, when it bothers. And then like I know I, I look and sound like a crazy person to people who are believers because it's like they're looking at me like, how how does this not make sense? And I'm looking at them like, how does this not make sense? I mean, once again, you're bringing a lot of logic into um, a crazy fight. And I have to remind myself a lot of times there's no point in doing that. Um, The thing, it's so funny because I've had this frustration, like, I feel like a long, long time. And it's... It's um. It, it's nice. Part, point it's nice to have someone to talk about it with. So thank you for. Cat uh, is because. Wait, say is that again. I just want to point out how spectacular Cat is. She's currently podcasting while coloring. I'm. Oh, well, I'm animating. Actually, animating. it's very, very yeah. difficult to do. No, it's not. It's easy. It's easy when you are good at it. It's your habit. Thank you for um taking time out to praise me though, and for doing this podcast because it does feel good too. Because it can feel isolating, so that's why I wanted to do the podcast for like people who feel this way, but like are like I don't want to like make my grandma cry, <laughs> like you know. And but oh, this is what I wanted to bring up. It's very I think it's specific because in the intro I mentioned like we're black people in America. The Bible and Christianity was handed down as a control mechanism. And it's so effective that they don't even have to try to control us anymore. We're doing it ourselves. We're pimping ourselves at this point. And the fact that it is 
so propped up, especially by black women, like black men, men will do anything for pussy. So men a lot of times go to church because the church is kind of in charge of pussy distribution. Like that's what the Catholic church was like. You can have it if you're married. If not, you're going to hell. Like they set up all these rules. So you get inundated as a child and for a lot of things you don't question. So a lot of times when people are like, you know what, I'm done hoeing. I think I'm ready to start going to church. And then like, so now people are taking this seriously, even though this is something that was meant. They're like, oh, I found freedom in Jesus Christ. It's like, so really you're not even going to question the theology that your slave master gave you like to me that would just be logical because obviously these people aren't trying to help you like they don't want to empower you they don't want to see you with real freedom they want to sell you an afterlife that is especially good to particularly meek and subservient individuals according to ethiopians they were never given this by any slave masters because they were never a country that was overtaken by slavery. And so therefore what you just, I mean, then this is, but like I said, they are very misogynistic. So if you're a woman in those cultures, like the oppression is, it is a totally different game over there. I'll give you that. But over here, which is what I'm speaking to, it's very much. um, and, And once again, I'm talking about Western like that is a different type because like, let's say Eastern Orthodox Christianity, very different than Western, like evangelical Christianity that we have here. But they're all up to me. I would say they're all coming from the same source, which makes them automatically something that shouldn't be a part of modern ethics and morality at this point. I agree, which is why I find it bothersome. Like, again, I'm more tolerant i think than you like i can go into space and people be like you know thanks be god it doesn't bother me as much which does bother me i've said this plenty of times on the podcast before don't fucking ask me (laughs) what i believe in don't ask me my mother don't ask me what i believe in don't ask me have i found jesus what my relationship is with god it's my personal fucking thing to know also don't ask me my motherfucking pronouns just call me my name (laughs) i'm done I don't, we will, we'll talk about pronouns later because I want to make sure we're inclusive. We we completely affirm. No, and again, I've said this before. Trans if you people, want to tell me but your language, pronouns, that's fine. Well, no, here's the thing. Language, our English language is so sexist and it's nate. Like we would have to redo so many grammatical rules because it's so baked into the sauce. I think the long-term solution is just moving entirely into gender neutral pronouns for everyone. Because quite honestly, I'm not able to remember people's names most of the time. So to be be able to remember three pronouns to go along with that is not very likely for someone like me and people older than me. I'm not saying it's not a goal worth working towards in our society, but I think we should be easy on people who are having trouble with the pronoun. Yeah. Yeah. And that I agree with all that. I want to be inclusive of everyone. So this is not a shot at people who feel like, you know, I'm they they are not seen. You know, I definitely want them to get the recognition. I just don't want you to ask me any of my personal shit. Like, I don't, don't. It's none of your fucking business. So, that's where I'm going with it. Um, but we we all can grow. We all can grow. We all can do better. With that being said, next time on Joshua, nineteen through twenty one, we'll be talking about more territory distribution for Simeon, Zebulon, um, Issachar, Asher, uh, pretty much the whole family. <laughs> Um, we'll talk about cities of refuge, um, which about be a little interesting. 
once again, they are always really concerned about those. It's like, we really need a place for those murderers to go. It's like, we just... I mean, we do. Okay. We do need a place for murderers to go. <laughs> yes, sure. Um, that's a whole nother conversation, though, because I think when people go to prison, hot take, I think you should actually become reformed from your wrongdoing before versus being caught in this system, this cycle where you're just doomed to continue to stay in prison and essentially become free slavery or free labor for a society. And maybe this doesn't happen in other parts of the world, but that is a big thing here in America. Fun fact, that's how Hillary Clinton made a lot of political enemies in Arkansas. She had that POV that um, the penitentiary system there looked way too much like slavery. And well, uh, people, girl. and from then they were like, you angry lesbian. That's your, that's your girl. So. That is, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I would say like, I, she is someone I greatly admire. Like when you learn about her story, she okay. is an interesting person. And but the fact that she was like, hey. The followers are being lost. Huh? That's it, and the followers are People being should lost. look into her, not memes about her, but like actually read about her. She's a um, very impressive person. But like, yeah. When so she was Bernie Madoff. Not impressive. No, I'm not impressed by that. Like, I actually I'm, am. Have you been watching the doc? I've heard about it. Like he I was running a very tight criminal enterprise. I more admire Hillary Clinton because no, she she's was, a woman. Nobody cares. Right. It's like you, this skirt. This <laughs> Listen to about this man. About how no, seriously. Her. Go ahead. No. Go ahead. Yeah. When she was first lady of Arkansas, it was common for it was traditional for the uh, um, criminals to come and take care. Not criminals, but the um, uh, what do we call incarcerated people to come and like do the grounds labor on the governor's mansion and she was like hey are they because she's a lawyer so she's like hey are they getting paid for this and they're like no this is just a tradition we have and she's like yeah that's slavery she's like we shouldn't be doing this and they're like you bitch and it's like you it's like there nobody wants to hear about how their tradition is fucked up we should end on that note because <laughs> no, that's the entire point of this podcast. Yeah. Nobody wants to and hear you just about make it. enemies. Yeah. But up. people, the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off, but your body belongs to you. So do whatever you want to with Get that therapy. All right. And, uh, yeah, Joshua 21 will be cities allotted to the Levites. Uh, you'll be here next time. Hopefully Bible breakdown podcast at gmail.com. 